and welcome everybody to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Corey Baumeister, and as always, I am joined by my brother from another mother, and of course, a different father as well, Mr. Brian Brondewin. How are you doing, BBD? You know what? I am doing excellent, Mr. Baumeister, and thank you yes. so much for introducing me as your long-term co-host on this podcast as you always do i hope you're doing well as well you may not be a family member of mine by blood but you are a brother to me buddy but before we get too far into this i want to remind everyone you can listen to this podcast on podbean itunes spotify and stitcher bam what about aisle seven of your local grocery store, Mr. Corey B? No, we actually, they had to take that out for health code reasons. It was uh, just too much actual shit they were housing in that aisle. Um, so, yeah, they, they had to take it out, put it in the back of the store. Okay, that 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 is more fitting, so... Brian, I heard we have a special guest this week, don't we? We don't. We don't have a special guest. Yeah, because remember the 17% thing? Yeah. We have a strict 17% floor. Guys, 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 you got to just stop this, all right? Like, I get get that you're both... Yeah, you're both on a power trip lately. I understand it. You enjoyed last week's episode without me. But this has got to end. It's... I, I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to say this without sounding, you know, egotistical, yeah. but you guys just kind of need me. Hey, I'm sorry, Brad. Um, as per the opinion of about three or four people that already like me and Brian, they said that and it was listen the best to the last episode. They said it was the best <laughs> podcast ever. They've heard not just the Bash Bros podcast, the single greatest podcast. Yeah, why don't you go uh, agree with all the other opinions that those people have? I already did. Then Jerry. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's 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 a whole nother issue. But yeah, no, I am back and uh I'm uh, I'm gonna be taking back the the reins to this podcast. Um thank you so much for being really polite and nice about about me being gone last week. Um yeah, no problem. I know no, I know no digs about. were taken at my expense. No. No, 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 no. Of course not. No, no Corey of and I not. really had a good opportunity to cut our teeth on an episode of the Bash Bros podcast. So it was, it was great. You yeah, know, we really went exactly. uh, straight arrowed it. You know, it was nothing but business. And honestly, I think we just kept saying your praises and wishing you that you were going to feel better. I think the whole episode, right, Brian? Yeah. yeah no, no. Um, so so I, have, I have a question targeted to uh, Brian. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you also waiting for Corey's tooth pun to drop but never came? Ooh. Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad to be back. I'm 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 feeling a, a lot better. I'm like 95% killed. I'm having a little like problem in the jaw, but that's, you know, that that that'll hopefully be taken that's, care yeah, of. That's, that's from when I clocked him in the jaw. That's completely unrelated. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. that was just your guys's Fight Club that you're not supposed to talk about, Brian. But yeah, sure. But hey, we're we're glad you're back, bro. And uh, I'm also glad, Brian, <laughs> you didn't talk about the Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem pretty crazy that you're still feeling that pain this long into it, though. Like that's. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm eleven days. I'm eleven days in right now, and like yeah. I'm talking like it's. I, I realized like a week ago when I chugged water for the first time, I was like, holy shit, I can do that again. You know, because the <laughs> first few days, so you sensitive. Have to, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to drink it weirdly. So uh, based just so I have like something to compare it to the pain that you listened to from or the pain that you had from listening to last week's episode versus the pain that you have now, which one's higher? 
Oh, this by far. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, having to hang out with you two is just like <laughs> gritting your teeth. Mm. Yeah. Fair. That's probably why your jaw hurts. I mean, I think yeah. I, I'm not a doctor or anything. We got Dr. Ungs for that, but uh, that sounds like the problem. Yeah, no, but no, it's, it's really good to be back. And uh, this week for everyone that wants to know what we're actually going to talk about, we're going to be taking a swing back into the standard sphere. Um, I know standard hasn't changed a whole lot, uh, thanks to Strixhaven being, you know, a little underpowered, but there's been a few updates. There's been a few things happening and the format for, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's good. It's, it's yeah. like a healthy format. <clears throat> the, the numbers are pretty fair around the board. There's a lot of options and it's a really good format to actually talk about because right now is the spot where you need to level up and to know what's happening in this format. Um, because once you hold on to those, like that, that knowledge is going to carry you for another month or two. Whereas, um, you know, like previously in era formats or reclamation formats and standard, things were really lopsided. And then all of a sudden things would just change a month later. And a lot of the things you're learning, it, you, you have no foundation to, to rest on. Yeah. The one thing I will say I love about standard right now, I will agree that it hasn't changed that much. But if you can just step aside from the fact that we kind of played this standard the last season and just look at how healthy the metagame is, look at win percentages of decks and stuff, and honestly, how many decks there are. There's like six decks you can be playing, you know, at any amount of time that all have similar win percentages. So the format looks great. I personally have been jamming a lot more historic. So I'm excited to hear what you got to say about standard. Oh, bro. for sure. And and if you're interested in historic, I do want to talk about some upcoming events on MTG Melee this weekend mm -hmm. uh, before we actually get to standard. And... Uh, these are historic formats. The first one, which I kind of want to spend a minute on, that's kind of interesting, is the Insight Esports uh, is running this Saturday a double elimination. So it's not Swiss plus top eight, it's double elimination. Uh, $3,000 historic open. Top 16 will qualify for the Invitational on May 22nd, which is coming up, actually. Yeah, holy. And, but this tournament is has a $15 entry fee and caps at 128 players. So if you run the math, they're just playing. They're just running this tournament at a loss. There's no way for them to to turn a buck on this. Like they are just hosting an awesome tournament. That you know, I've talked to the organization. They're like, well, we just want to run this tournament. We want to see if there's a pill. If people like this, this double elimination, we're capping at 128, so the tournament runs smoothly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm all for what they've been doing um, so far. Like they've been running up and up tournaments like yep um i mean like i was i was cracking jokes with with them the other day uh they were asking a few questions and i was just like you know you came a long way from being the burrito bowl you know the first tournament they just ran like the chipotle bowl oh, okay. and, and it was like for 500 dollars. it's like who the hell is this is this org and now they're blossoming they've got a lot of partnerships they've they're just about to announce like their their summer series they're like they are here to stay so uh go take a look at this organization they've been running a lot of 5ks and 3ks they even run like 1ks on melee uh, on wednesdays and yeah the iq qualifiers there yep so they're running yep. a lot of those tournaments and their first coverage uh, tournament will be on May 22nd. So I can't wait to see what their coverage looks like. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I've heard uh, a little insider info, a little inside info. You got some insight? I do. I got some insight. And uh, let's just say there are some big plans in the work as well as a cool group of people doing coverage. I played my second Insight Esports event uh, here last week 
bro, I think we were talking <laughs> about it. I did terribly because I played Gruel and I hated my life, but uh, the event ran smoothly and it's a lot of fun. So, so you you know, you saying that there's a lot of awesome commentary, Brian, do you, do you, you know, he might not mm-hmm. be saying things, but he might be saying things. About saying about commentary? What? Well, Corey, Corey was like, I can't say anything, but there, you know, there's some awesome things about commentary. Mm. No, there's do, an do, awesome do, coverage team that they have. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm wondering, you know, you know, you're not saying it, but I'm reading between the lines. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I, I they did you. try to get to the other host of the Bash right. Bros podcast, Brian Brondoon, but I don't think uh, he accepted. <laughs> Yeah. All right, fine. Fine. I am Iron Man. You caught me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Oh, too good. Oh, my God. But yeah, and then also uh, SCG is back with another historic run. So that, that, that is the same that it's been for a while now. The structure where there's four satellites on Friday, four on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, at 7 a.m. PDT Sunday is their 5K Strixhaven Championship qualifier. That's also historic. And winner of that is going straight to the Strixhaven Championship and taking on $1,500. Uh, so, yeah, honestly, uh, with these two events, you can just satellite in on Friday, play some historic, play the Inside Esports on Saturday, and then play day two of the SCG on Sunday and just be jamming all weekend. That's what I would do if, yeah, uh, that's what I may do. Well, you're not going to do that because you're not going to be in town. Yeah, okay. If I was in town, that's what I was going to do. Hey, it's on mobile now, so I, I truly could play. Oh, my God. Yeah, mobile. <laughs> I have played a game of mobile magic. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about it. You didn't like it? <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine for, like, draft or just, you know, just messing around magic having fun casually yeah but i will never try to play a, a games that i care about winning on mobile it's just a little maybe yeah. on an ipad i haven't played an ipad yet but on mobile it's just very tiny yeah because i mean i play on surface pros already when i was just connecting you know to the internet and that screen was always big enough to play it was still kind of annoying when you have to go into like full control mode but other than that i think an ipad would do you fine yeah, I, I, think, should, I should try to play it on my iPad. Yeah. I think mobile's the place where I most want to play something like a green-white devotion mirror match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could have played that on mobile back in Miami just so we could have got to dinner faster because that shit took forever. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was only like three hours. It wasn't that much. <laughs> yeah, and it was two and, games. And because, <laughs> they, uh, and because they played one card in their deck, we knew you couldn't win any, before it even started. Yep. And so did and so did they when I offered the split. Believe it or not, they didn't take it. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, we've got the NRG series uh modern event on Sunday. NRG has also been running uh monthly tournaments forever. Um they used to run a series live and probably will mm-hmm. do so again uh once, you know, we're all vaccinated. And speaking of that, I yeah. got my first shot today. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. I officially hit my two two week mark of having my second. So I'm set. Nice. Yeah, I'm officially at what? What? What am I officially at? Like 2.5 G's. Uh, yeah, I think so, you're up to three G's by now. Ooh. Yeah, as long as it's been a day or two, you'll get the full five G. It hasn't been. I said I just did it today. Well, it's like still been a couple K. hours. That's enough. Yeah. Oh sh. Uh, fi- si- 
Oh no, your connection's going off, Brad. He's, your Brad's connection's loading, dipping. Right? He's still yeah. loading. He's got time to load. <laughs> I got to tell All you guys right. though, one last thing about this uh, NRG uh, Modern tournament. I have played two Modern leagues in the last two days, and I am nine and one with a deck. I've been crushing it. Is it, is it with Luca? No, it's with. This is Modern, so it's with. Um, Bring the light. No, uh, the Breach deck, Breach Emery Grinding Station. You get to play a lot oh, of Teferi. That deck? Oh, oh yeah, I love that deck, and it is disgusting right now. So if you want to win. Play I that, thought I heard Tron was back. good. I guess it's not. <laughs> Tron? No, Tron is awful right now. Ever since they printed Force and Negation, that shit is bad. Oh, people have been saying Tron was good again. Well, those are Tron players, and they're wrong. Yeah, that's probably true, too. <laughs> Jund is good, though. I heard Jund oh, is good. Wait. Yeah. Is Tron not good right now? Should I make a joke making fun of Tron on the internet? I don't see any <laughs> consequence to that. I don't see any consequence to those actions. Yeah, it seems totally harmless and nothing I mean, wrong could happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I want to I want to ease into our topic here because we're going to be talking about standard. We're going to be talking about all the top eight decks. We're going to do a deep dive on the 5K Strix Seven Championship Qualifier uh, from this previous weekend because a lot of those big decks um, did well. It was actually kind of crazy. S seven unique archetypes were in this top eight. Yeah, incredibly and diverse. For standard, yeah. yeah. And and MTG Data came out with their metagame matrix again from this past weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think I've ever seen this stat, to be honest. Where there, it's a lot. It's it's very even killed. There's yeah. there's like, uh, so other uh, is just a percentage of the decks that are not the top decks in the format, right? So mm -hmm. how these things work is they generally separate the top eight to ten decks. And then everything else gets combined. Now, other did terrible, uh, but besides that, um, there's a few outliers here. But but for roughly everything's sitting around, you know, forty nine to fifty five percent. You know, like yeah, the thing that I've never seen is not seeing a deck with a sixty percent win rate at all. Like that's well, crazy. Nice is at fifty eight point three, but it's not sixty. It's it's not sixty. Yeah. It, it isn't sixty. I mean, I I. I know that's a crazy stat to break down here, but 58 is indeed not 60. I know you've been onto the podcast game for a while, Brad, but, uh, you know, just had to. Well, Brad does think that 16.67% is greater than 17. So. All right. Well, uh, enjoy, enjoy doing the rest of this episode uh, on your own. Oh, fuck both of you. I'm going to go. Finally, we got rid of him, Brian. Brian, how you doing today? Great, and I got another catfishing story for you, Gary. Right, no, All kidding. right, start it up. That's our that's our main topic today. <laughs> Brian just comes out to say, "I'm actually not Brian Brown doing." Yeah, Brian's just like you know that person we talked about in the catfish story last week. That's actually me, and I just wanted to get your vibe for it. <laughs> All right, so let's actually talk about uh, these tournament winning deck lists. Uh, first off, we've got Mr. Hop who won the entire tournament. Is that Constantine? Yes, I can say that word. At first, I was very afraid of saying it. That is an awesome, <laughs> awesome first my, name. Well, my my uh, dyslexia just saw, you know, nine to ten letters, and it's like, nope. Um, but no, that's a very easy word to say. Constantine, huh? Uh, with Demir Rogues, um, this is a very stock build of this. I'll just say it's the 16 creature version with two open the minds, a couple disputes, um, uh, a split of eliminates and... Heartless Axe, and then, you know, the one didn't say please, one disdainful stroke slash negate slot, mm -hmm. but for disdainful stroke, this is the uh, 
the more stockish version that a lot of people have been playing. Yeah, and of um, one mind is what he meant, but uh, yeah. What did I say? Hey, you did not say that. I think you said open up the mind or something, but just for clarity. Banish, banish from your mind. Banish from the mind, yeah, oh. absolutely. Dude, anyone, anyone <laughs> that uh, has seen that movie... Brian, you've seen that movie. What movie? <laughs> uh, Troll 2. Um, oh my god. Oh, I've seen Troll 2, yeah. So, you know, I listened to last week's episode, so I'm going to take one from that page. And story time. Hey, let's go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got time. Real, real short, Troll 2 is one of the worst movies of all time, but which makes it so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, no, no. Oh, this movie was good. No, <laughs> just because you don't think it's good. It's it's rated one of the best worst movies of all time. That's factual. That just doesn't make sense, first of all. But if you Google like the best worst movies, this one will come up. That's still saying um, it's a bad movie. So oh, yeah, it's of course. horrendous. Oh, it's, it's, horrendous. Oh, it's awful. So so to, to know about this, it's two pretentious French people who make a movie about goblins and but they called it Troll Two because Troll was an actual successful scary movie. Mm-hmm. Troll Two is about goblins and it's not scary, <laughs> but it's all French people trying to write things in English and making the the actors say it the way they want it because they think they're making you know the next fucking Don Quixote. Uh, the next is that that's a really good movie, right? <laughs> or is that's, that just a book? That's the guy who just, tilted at windmills. From the from like the fourteen hundreds or whatever. Yeah, but I thought I thought. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that was good. Citizen's Kane. Like, Citizen's Kane. Okay. 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 That was good. But at one point, they just uh, one of the actors just one of the characters said to the other one, "It's like you must banish this from your mind." <laughs> And the story isn't good anymore. I'm giving up on it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, you are you're fitting right into last week's I'm just, episode. Yeah, I'm, so, just yeah. to, I'm just going to stop trying to push, push, push things that I like. <laughs> no, that no, is, that's uh, what all last week's episode was all about. So keep it up, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> that to be fair, that story did line up really well with the troll two genre, though. So yeah, that was great. <laughs> Yeah, the one thing I love about this Demir Rogues list is all the new cards. I'm seeing one test of talents in the sideboard, and uh, that's it. Yeah, but we can't really make that joke. There was like 14 new cards in this in top eight. Yeah. 14. 14 cards from Strixhaven are, uh, made, made their mark in this top eight, and I got that number from Brian Gottlieb. Yeah. And, and he posted on Twitter, he's like, I assume things will pick up and I just don't. The only way that thing, in my opinion, the only way things pick up is if two color enemy decks actually become real. Mm. Cause then you're going to be using the mana bases. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I the snarls are complete flops and I, I just don't expect them to be good for a long, long time, to be honest. Well, they were never good. Yeah. Like the, uh, this isn't yeah. the first time they, cause they printed, it was like, uh, fortified village, port town, all mm-hmm. that stuff. That's the same land, right, as the snarls. Yeah, yeah. These are the and, enemies. Yeah, the, those were so be- like those were not good mm-hmm. when they were printed the first time around. Oh yeah, um, I remember tilting off, top decking that when you need your fifth land untapped or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. those were just not good lands, and like you would play them if you had to, but they weren't good. So yeah, but I'm but I'm happy that they came out now because I, at first I thought like I assumed there won't be any new dual lands because usually. These are the sets where you're not trying to 
improve meta bases because the meta bases should already be good and mat in standard. Yep, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, these sets. And so when they said they're going to have a land cycle, I was like, well, that's stupid because the mana is already way too good in this format. Mm -hmm. And and so it's good to have these lands that you they can't be incorporated with any of these decks. It's like, you know, like, yeah, it's nice that they made it the mana in this format worse by printing a new land cycle because it might entice people to play those lands. Yeah, I actually yeah. don't know which <laughs> lands are worse, the snarl lands or the lands that are all text lands. I don't know which ones are, are more unplayable. Well, what's so great, these lands are so bad that I've actually, this for, limited format's good and I've been playing it. Yeah. But multiple times now, and I haven't done that many drafts, but multiple times now, I will take the common counterpart over the, the rare land. Like, I'll have a pack where I can take black-white rare <laughs> land or black-white common land, and I will snap the black-white common land off over it. Oh, yeah, scrying yeah, so is more so much better. Yeah. You're either going to play, you're going to play, come and play tap land anyway. Yeah. So yeah. you might as well play one that can scry <laughs> later in the game. Like... <laughs> so good but, yeah i mean so so what's what what i want to say about demir here is demir ended up taking down this tournament beating gruel in the finals which is historically one of its harder matchups yep uh but but you can say well we'll be getting to the gruel deck but the gruel deck does not look like it is as targeting demir as most gruel decks tend to be mm -hmm. and and that probably has a thing to say yep. but demir of all the the top decks demir did have the lowest win percentage uh, over the course of the weekend, it's yeah. but it's still just one of those decks that, you know, it it got some good matchups and it just sliced through the competition. And I honestly am still such a firm believer, and I know BBD has brought this up on the cast a lot, that you see these... Um, you see these rogues lists that do really bad in a whole week of like tournaments and stuff. And then you go to a league weekend or whatever and they crush it. Like this is a deck that is just so different when you have a really skilled pilot behind it versus just people that pick up rogues because it crushed last weekend and expect to just be able to play it. And, you know, I'm not saying that's exactly always a factor, but it's definitely something when it comes to this data. I see that Rogues is losing to cycling really badly again, and that I'm not sure why that is, but Improbable Alliance I mean, definitely being the reason. Uh, I would feel. But that, that's always been that's always been part of that deck. Like yeah, for the last for the last cycle, yeah. Um, I I can't really tell you why. I think um, I think that that matchup is that that is one of those skill things because I even think that the. Uh, a well-prepared Demir deck should beat Cycling. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and just but, really I mean, talented pilots. You know, it looks like night and day um, when I'm watching that versus just an average streamer playing Demir Rogues or something. Um, you don't watch random streamers play Rogues. Occasionally. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. Okay, watch hey, it. No one streams Rogues, <laughs> for starters. I stream Rogues not too long you, ago. You so you watched your uh, yourself play it, and he, so you and he, and he wasn't an, very good, and thus you're an average player. And he wasn't yeah, very okay, good. We got yeah, there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, Sherlock Holmes. What's the next deck? <laughs> um, I do want to say one thing unrelated to rogues, but related to what Brad said before. I, I do actually think that there will be a pickup in cards from Strixhaven played, just. I think the narrative around Strixhaven was that it was incredibly bad set, mm -hmm. which uh, power level wise, power level, which yeah. it is low power level. But I think that narrative can push people away from even like 
you know, innovating, experimenting with a lot of the stuff. They, you know, like it's like why, you know, it's like you, you get that idea in your head, like, oh, these cards are really low power level. And you don't like put in a lot of effort to try to to try to build around them, put them into decks and so forth. I think over time we will see more of those cards start to see play as people understand where they're good and where mm-hmm. they might fit in. I don't think it's going to be like dominating the format or take, you know, like there's not going to be like, you know, it's still going to be a set that doesn't have a huge impact on standard. Yeah. But I, I do imagine that there are more cards worth playing from the set than the 14 that made this top eight or whatever. Totally agree. Oh, I don't. I, I I love this set. I've been drafting it and I've been playing with it and I've been, pl- I've actually been playing a lot of magic since like my tooth, you know, my wisdom teeth and I haven't really had much to do and mm-hmm. didn't want to do stuff. So I've just been doing this and the format is a blast to play limited. Yeah. It's but good. like lesson learn is not that good and constructed and like, I don't think the format is as insane and limited as everyone is saying. I mean, it's like it seems like a fun format. I've played a little bit of it too. I've probably done like five drafts or something, but mm-hmm. it to me it just feels exactly like Ravnica Allegiance. I don't know, like really? Yeah, it does. It just feels exactly like Ravnica Allegiance. Oh yeah, to me. Oh, I, I love I love um, uh, five guild draft sets though. I don't know. I just like drafting them. I kind of yeah, do too. Huh. Like, I don't really like like tribal. You know, when there's guilds, but like it's forced into a certain tribe. I I think those get really repetitive. But guilds, I I still find pretty fun. Well, these are very repetitive. Like you're trying to get into one of your guilds. Yeah, but you can kind of splash still, and then you can still do some different stuff. When it's tribal, it's like you just always had to do the exact same thing. Which spells are you going to pair it with, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. What, what I like the most about this is that there are only five schools, but each school has like two specific themes that you can build. So mm-hmm. like there can, you know, you can have, um, you know, a Quadrix spell-based Magecraft deck, and then you can, somebody else could be drafting the Quadrix ramp deck. Mm. And, and they're both like care about completely different cards. They'll still play the same bombs, mm-hmm. right? Of course they'll play the same bombs, but like, one deck is wanting, you know, desperately all the Eureka moments while the other deck is wanting all of the, like the double spell stuff, like the, yeah. the whatchamacallits, the draw. If you control a wizard, you can copy the spell. Mm-hmm. No, the format's been stuff. pretty fun, too. I, I've been mm-hmm. enjoying Limited. I've been enjoying Historic, and I can't say I haven't been not enjoying Standard. I just haven't played enough of it um, since Strixhaven. But yeah, I, yeah, I've been liking the set, but it is not that powerful. That's for sure. No, I mean, I do think that these cards will see play once rotation, but I've, sure. I've been I've been playing and dabbling with a few, even even the cards that I'm putting in decks to try them. I'm not liking like mm-hmm. uh, like I was trying Prismari command in the sideboard of Teamer because it's it's it can kill. You know, there, this set actually has provided a few cards that can kill uh the uh, the Great Henge and Edgewall Innkeeper, which is like two cards that you want to kill. Yep. And in, in these mirrors, but they're still like so expensive. Mm-hmm. I think Prismari Command is like that's a card that like people are playing a lot of in a lot of formats, and I, I think that that is one that is 
to me does not look like a very powerful card. Yeah. No, it's Kinda it's like a cyborg card specifically to do that thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm just surprised says, at how like that's one of the cards I'm surprised that people are playing a lot of because that's yeah. not one I would have I think that card's yeah. really overrated and I think the green black command is really underrated. Like I've only cast it once or twice in a Sultai deck, but that card I've been actually pretty impressed with and I'm like really nobody's playing it. Uh, we'll get to that in a deck list a little later, but yeah, I'm not that imp- I haven't I haven't cast yet, but it doesn't look right. But yeah, let's no. let's move on because this is actually kind of an innovative deck list from mm-hmm. Will Polyum from second place. Uh it's a Gruel Adventures deck. Now it it looks very similar to all the other builds with Ember Cleave and Brush for Elemental, the Adventure Package, a few dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh but where where it kind of deviates from the norm is it's playing two Tango Fleohedron, Flea- mm-hmm. uh two uh what's it called? Jaspera. Sentinel? Yeah. Yep. Just Sentinels and three Ezekiel's Chariots. Oh, yeah. The Cadillac. Let's go. Yeah. The Cadillac. And uh, this this kind of feels like um, insp- inspired by the Raph Levy build from League Weekend, where he was playing Sentinels and the Dwarf that makes treasures. Yep. And he just got to number one on Mythic with that deck. Um, okay. I'm not saying that that's that impressive. It's probably just Raph just grinding the shit out, <laughs> out of his deck. And he's really good. <laughs> yep. Um, and the deck might be good. I haven't played much with it. I need to play some with it. Uh, I lost it in League Weekend. Oh, did you? I did. Um, oh, I thought I had a good matchup against it because it's a Gruul deck that doesn't play Great Henge, you know, like, mm. and it doesn't, it didn't, he didn't have like that much hate for me, but he did, he did take me to school. So it does look pretty sweet. I must say. Which, which, <laughs> which, which class are you? If he took you to school? <laughs> Uh, I was I was in a quandary, you could say. So. Oh, you're in a quandary. Cool. Are you gonna take? Uh, does that mean you're gonna take Frank Carson's math class that he's doing on Thursday? <laughs> uh, yes, I am. Perfect. But yeah, so so um, this deck, like, I I I liked Asika's chariot in this deck and tried it when I tried that, but I I wasn't that impressed with it. And I don't really get why it's the time for that card right now. Can mm-hmm. I mean, besides you just liking the card, Corey, can you like defend it in Gruel? Because I, I, I honestly can't. You know, I think the one thing that I like it for is Gruel kind of went to the back of the metagame because of Sultai Ultimatum, right? And that was that was the deck that just, it had a pretty bad matchup. And at least with Azika's Chariot, you're able to play around um Extinction Event and Shadow's Verdict to an extent by just choosing when to crew or not crew Azika's Chariot. You know, I mean, that's that's not a lot, but that could be the difference of being able to play a creature to crew it and attack the same turn in Embercleave to get through the last points of damage. Um, I, I think it's just a little trickier to play against as a Sultai player, and that matchup felt basically unlosable before. And that card's giving me problems, but... That's the best I got. Otherwise, I just really like the card, and I just think it's a good card. Yeah, I, I think, mean, maybe... I'll go for uh, it, Prime. Oh, uh, I think, like, the main reason you want to play it is because it swings low. Swings low. Swings yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad that I gave you the reins there Thank before you. I said my yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I could defend it for one reason, that, like, right now, I think Questing Beast is at an all-time low in in quality. Yeah. It And... But like, you know, saying that about Sultai, like, I actually think Gruul, like, <clears throat> Gruul seems like the deck that I want to play when Demir Rogues and Cycling are 
really high. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, you know, Gruul, I think, is the weakest deck in all the Adventure Mirrors. Um, if I have to do the hierarchy, if if the metagame was just the three Adventure decks, Naya, Teamer, and Gruul, I rank them as Naya being the best, Teamer being the second best, and Gruul being the third. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, you're you're at a disadvantage there. So you're playing this deck, I thought, and this is my opinion, and I, I could obviously be wrong, that you're mostly wanting to beat the rogues decks and uh, the cycling decks. But the funny thing is against rogues, if you don't play the cards to beat them, you're not going to beat them, right? Mm -hmm. It's just gruel is the deck that can best play two mana interaction and oxes and get away with it the way that it's designed. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, here we see Will's deck kind of, you know, lots of fun of in the sideboard, only two oxes, only two scorching dragon fires. no, uh, other two mana removal in the main deck and ended up losing against Demir in the finals. Like this seems like a troublesome matchup um, if you don't have the tools and it doesn't look like he does. Yeah, there's a Phoenix too. So you at least have three escape cards. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like you, you kind of need two of each as kind of the stock to be prepared for rogues. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to play for play it, play with it a little bit just to see uh, how Azika's Chariot is just against random decks. And if it's a card you just always leave in or you still side it out in some matchups. I, I'm not sure. I just like the card. Yeah. And, and, I, and I will say that I am I'm a big fan of adding Sentinels to this deck. Um, mm -hmm. I liked that when I saw it from Raph Levy's. Uh, we saw um, Javier Dominguez play one in his teamer deck. And that's one place that I don't actually like the card because you that's the one deck like that only has 10 uh, come to play green sources. Yeah. Uh, untapped. And, you know, you obviously want to play Sentinels early and you also don't have a lot of creatures to help crew with the Sentinels. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so it, it is kind of a weird card for these decks, but I do like trying to go a little lower and a little faster. And I mean, they definitely do help out Azekas Chariots, you know, Tangle Florhedron and Jaspera Sentinel, allowing you to play turn three Chariots. If you're on the play against a lot of decks, you know, that, mm -hmm. that's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and it's not like a question piece where I can just, you know, you can kill it or bounce it and lose tempo. Yeah. Like, Chariot sticks around. So there, and I... I, I I, I'm getting sold to it already. Yeah, and not only does Chariot stick around, but on turn three, if, they, if they're like, well, I can't allow them to just crew a Chariot, make a copy right now, so you hold up removal, then you're like, okay, attack with the cats. Like, yep. you know, and, and that's what makes the card good to me is that angle where you're like, it's, it seems basic, but just if they're holding up a way to kill it, don't crew it, and it just puts your opponent in a really tough squeeze, and it just makes it hard to play against. Yeah, vehicles suck. Yeah, I know you like, love vehicles, Brian. I, I just I, the vehicle mechanic just sucks. Like <laughs> I, I just yeah. I prefer Ubers too, but I guess that is still we have to get in a vehicle. But yeah, who needs to own a car? I'm with you, BBD. I like them. <laughs> I don't mind a vehicle. Like actually, I like expensive vehicles. I don't like cheap ones. Yeah, Smuggler's Copter was disgusting, but I like this kind of card. Uh, adds a fun little element, but when vehicles are too good, they take over. And when they're colorless, then they're especially not fun because then it's just, you know, Smuggler's Copter was the the prime example of they pushed that far too far, being colorless, you know? I just think vehicles, like, are just, they're like planeswalkers, kind of. They're just really annoying. To, like, they're really hard to play against from the opposing side. And when you're losing to a vehicle, it's really hard to come back. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, I want, I, I'm going to have to stop you there because Zika's Chariot is nothing like a Planeswalker because Zika's Chariot is playable. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and, and we haven't had a playable Planeswalker in so long. 
I mean, that's that's a well, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah, happy about that too. But you're right. There, I mean, since they banned them all, now there's no good ones. There's just a mm -hmm. there's a there's a tutor target in one deck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. I really yeah, had hoped that uh, Rowan and Will was going to be playable, and I'm you know I'm pretty excited to play it after adventure stuff goes away. But I love that card, and I just I just cannot get it working. But it's Which I one? still haven't finished reading is it. it one? I st yeah. I started reading oh, yeah, the text of that card like a year ago, and I just <laughs> I, read, I, I ended up taking one late in a draft in a deck that could only cast one side of it. So I have read one side of it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I do um, know what the blue side does, yeah, I, and it's not impressive. I want it to be good, but it is just really not. The only thing I envision is casting that Rowan, the red side, and then just turn four, going multiple choice for four, and getting all those modes. But you're never going to be doing that against adventure creatures because they just you know bounce a token, and it's not really impressive. But after rotation... I, I still it might be cool. I still, Corey, you're, you're just missing your niche, man. You love playing random stuff and random mm -hmm. content. Like people on the internet love that kind of stuff. You really need, you need to start trying to do some more fun content. I honestly think you do. Yeah, no, I, I, I do enjoy it. So I, I will. Yeah, you just have to try. I, I You should just, I'm going to, you're going to help. I'm going to help you build some garbage decks that of cards you like. Yeah. And we're going to make some content and see if people stick because there's so many people out there that love watching fun decks and you love talking about them. You like, you know, sorry to give you this life advice, but yeah, I'll take it. Let's play some garbage decks against each other sometimes. Dude, day, 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 day nine. Day, that's day nine's entire stream. And he streams <laughs> to like 3000 people a day. Yeah. And he just, he just plays fun fucking decks and laughs at himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, true. I, that's true. I, I, when I was playing garbage, random garbage, that's when I generally had the most viewers too. Oh like, yeah, people yeah. love that for hero. Like a, yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> garbage. <right>? Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I would when I played like uh, high. Like I played like a high alert deck that was so bad, but I was somehow beating people with it. And mm, everyone, everyone like loved that. I think I might have even beaten Brad at one or point. Or heinous anus. People literally still talk about that deck in my streams, and I'm like, let oh, it go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't let it go, Corey. <laughs> yeah, let it go. But let no, it I, go. I'm in agreement. Like playing those playing those random janky decks. Like people do enjoy that content. Yeah, I'm gonna have to Speaking do that. Speaking of that, uh, you know, in in third place, we've got Just Guy Cycling. <laughs> um, this deck just is. Yeah, just one of these decks that just won't die. Um, it, the the Lurus is gone. The the best version of this deck has Pyromancer. Pyromancer is just one of these cards that is really fucking annoying mm. um, to beat. It's really good against the adventure decks. Um, this is just the build. Uh, and yeah, this deck just just won't die. It just it sticks around. I, I don't even think it's like that great anymore. I like never um, lose to this deck with whatever I'm yeah, playing. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. But I see people, you know, still playing it at events. I see it at league weekends, you know, and and, and people do decent with it, but it's never crushing it. So yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I think I think I, I, I honestly like if you like this deck, you know, please play, keep playing it if if that's the deck you like and you play it well. Um, but I it, there I would not switch to it. Yeah. That's the best advice I have. I test it with it a little bit. Um, I mostly, I tested a lot against Seth. Um, Seth really wanted to play it 
in some tournaments and we played a lot and I kind of beat it out of him. I think that's mm. one of the reasons why I dislike it. If, if I can shit on Seth with a bunch of different decks, then I feel like that deck is not worthy. <laughs> I don't know. You kind of <laughs> have Seth's number. You know, you have Seth's number most of the time. I mean, he beat me in the last tournament. He beat me in the last two tournaments, actually. Justice was served, huh? He finally got his revenge. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I, he's 2-1 against me in league play. Okay, okay. Seth Money Manfield coming back. He is. Mm -hmm. um, fourth place in this tournament, we've got Shogo Kondo, who did it with Soltai Ramp. Um, this version is playing um, a Vorinclex, and I believe... No, they are Wither not Bloom playing Command. the... Uh, yeah, this is the Witherbloom Command version. Yep, and one Cultivator, and also <laughs> 82 Magic Cards. Interesting. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 80 wasn't enough. What 80 isn't enough. Jeez. 80 was not enough. Love to see it. Yeah, I copied this to like play the metagame challenge, and then I'm like, 82 cards. And then I scrolled down to the other Sultai list, and I was like, all right. I'll just play this 80 card list, but this list does look sweet. And I mean, if any of the decks are going to play over the amount of cards you have to have, it's going to be ultimatum decks just so you draw these targets a little less, but then you just draw ultimatum less. That's the reason to play 80 card version with Yorion instead of a 60 card yeah. version. That's not the reason to play 82 cards. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not defending 82 cards. Well, to that be fair, nonsense. BBD has not went to his class with Frank yet, so maybe the numbers are actually accurate you'll you'll learn in school soon that's that's possible yeah i'll, I'll say that it's not a zero percent chance yeah all right so sell, sell me on these weather room commands because i think they're bad i don't know i mean the fact that you get to just kill a edgewall innkeeper and do like any other things i feel like that's just you know enough i i haven't played a ton with it i just think the card seems a lot better than the play it's getting um, so I don't I don't have anything to firmly defend, but it's just a lot of good abilities or at least decent abilities. Um, so it was nice to just see it in a list. But yeah, it's I think nice there's that it two. Can I think there's two abilities in this card that basically have no text in standard. Mm -hmm. So if minus three minus one and returning a land isn't good, I don't I don't see where this card is. I mean the card the card can kill uh, the two mana permanents in the mirrors. Right. And there are there are a decent amount of them, and it'll have and it, it'll sometimes target creatures out of Demir, but like yeah, I just I don't see it. It's also like I don't really want to have a random card in my deck that mills three of myself because like we've talked about like like if I just randomly mill one of my one ofs that I care about for a land like that could just completely change the game yeah. for a deck that tutors and and I did that because I played a removal spell. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, I do like the idea of killing an Edgewell Innkeeper and drawing a card, but I don't want to sacrifice my ability to kill a Lovestruck Beast. Yeah. Um, and not, you know, die to some dragon or something. You know, it comes at a cost. And, like, also, I don't want to, like, add this to my deck if it costs me playing two extra cards in my 80-card deck already. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not interested. Yeah, I mean, the one thing for this command, you definitely have to have the minus one to the toughness be able to be a removal for a good creature and we're at that point with edgewell innkeeper and maybe some of the rogues and stuff like that but if that's not true in a metagame then it's i mean awful. it kills it's it, it, it everywhere kills, or something you know it kills fox on the play it kills the three one and also a uh alliance so like 
Yeah. There, it does have mode, so it's probably worth playing a little bit more. Yeah, blowing up a tome and, or something is decent. Yeah, yeah. Or even just the ramp in the mirror, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are a bunch of, like, fringe scenarios, though. Yeah. The, that, like, there's going to be so many games where you, it's, like, you have this card, and it's the sorcery speed only removal spell. It can only hit a very small subset of what your opponent can play and it's just not what you want i mean it hits improbable alliance too you know i mean yeah Yeah. the more and more i think about um it hits rolling vortex post board you guys are naming specifically cards from the cycling deck like how popular is that no rolling vortex is a popular hate card for soul tide yeah that that is like that you know but that's a sideboard card right like yeah it kills aethervile Kills Aethervile, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um it kills um Mox Moxes. Mm. Yeah, it does. Mm. it does. It does, yeah. Um it kills ooh, Black hanger, Lotus. Ba- hanger back walker. Yep. Kills that. Yeah. Gets those mm-hmm. omen of the seas mm-hmm. out of there. Oh, yeah. It can kill some of the white weenie creatures. True. Oh, wait. You know, one actually though, one thing that is real, taking down season hollow blade is pretty big. How many people are playing white aggro? <laughs> I mean, it is, it is it is one of the most uh, winning decks right now. Okay. Yeah. It had a 55%. And that's high in today's, uh, you know, smoothed out standard metagame. And Mike Sigurds plays it all the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so we'll move on uh, to uh, Hariki Morocco. No, Morocco. Mm, fuck. HM. HM one uh took took there you go. This place with nigh adventures. Uh they actually were like slicing through the tournament um and then just lost in the top eight. Okay. Uh when I Is there I, an analogy for how they slice through the tournament? Uh something about teeth, I don't know. Like butter? There it is. There it is. <laughs> I don't see how that's a joke that applies, but you know what? It, it's not a joke. Just Brad loves the phrase hot knife through butter. Oh, that I was just God. trying to get him to say it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it, it cut through the competition like a hot knife through butter. Thank there you. There's Edo for a while. Lost to, uh, I believe, lost to both finalists okay. uh, in, in the tournament. And, it, you know, it kind of makes sense that it happened. But I've been playing with this list because I... So the first version of Nye Adventures that I was working on after Strixhaven came out was a version with the, um, I forgot, it's the Leonin, I forgot the name, but it's the, the Magecraft one where whenever you play a instant or sorcery, your creatures get plus one, plus one. Oh, yep, yep. And all of your adventure creatures are just spells. So I played a few more spell-based adventure creatures in the deck with that, and I and, you know, it was underpowered. It wasn't good enough. Um, but I never thought about putting Elite Spellbinder in the deck because your deck already consists of so many three drops. Yeah. Um, but the card has overperformed. I tried the deck, um, and and I might not, I might disagree with the mana base slightly. There's not enough force, I think, in the deck to justify playing as many. You know, you have 12 green one drops. You should play more than 11 sources of untapped green. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play 13. But, like, the Spellbinders have been actually awesome in this deck because... You're the whole thing about this deck is if you slow your opponent down, your four drops, whether you're playing the Trotskys or you're playing um the white enchantment, what is that called again? Showdown. No, that's the red white one. Felidar. Showdown of the Scalds. Felidar Retreat. Um Felidar Retreat and Showdown of the Scalds are both cards that are good and fine at four, but they are great at five. Mm, yeah, and you a get card the land like, and stuff, yeah. 
Yeah, and you get the land. They're just, yeah, usually when you cast a showdown with only four, when you've played your four source that turn, you're not going to get all four cards off of it. Mm -hmm. But if you play it on five, you almost always get them unless you just hit bad. Yeah. And uh, and so Elite Spellbinder, I've found, it helps you slow the game down a little bit because you like are disrupting their next turn. Yeah. And um, and I, it's also like, you know, it's I've stopped my opponents from playing turn four of the Great Henge. I've stopped my opponents from playing Cultivates. I've taken their Emergent Ultimatums. Mm. I've won games um, with this deck against Sultide that I could never have won without it. Yeah, and the card's been good when we've been playing it on versus live and stuff, but I just haven't seen it in the real world um, outside of like Green White Company and Historic or something. So yeah, I'm interested in this deck. I yeah, think that it, card's really good. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not surprised that it's, it's really good in this deck too. It's just don't, an incredibly powerful card. Mm -hmm. Don't be like me though once. I actually took uh, a double-faced land thinking that they couldn't play it and they can just play it. Oh, really? Yeah, just for zero mana. Oh, they, they can, can just, just play the land side. Yes, they yeah. can just play the land side. Yeah, um, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I just thought maybe it just stuck it on the... You know how, like, you cards took, like, in different... You took, Awakening or something, and they just played it as a swamp, basically? Uh, effectively, yeah. I took yeah. the, the counter spell, and they just played it. You got, gotcha. You got swamped. Um, and, and instead of taking a card, you know, I, I effectively just didn't get an ability. Mm, yep. <laughs> I played a 3-1 flyer for three with no ability, and that's bad. <laughs> that's not worth putting in your constructed deck. Really, a lot of people have been playing Brazen Borrower over the last year. <laughs> that one even has ability. It, it can't block. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been playing this deck and I've been really liking it. And one of the things, now, if, if there's anything that's like knowledgeable that I can add to this uh, piece of content today, that's not just all hoopla. Yeah. It's the the most important thing I want to talk about is the sideboard of this deck. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, there's there's some rip apart. Uh, is a great new addition that can kill a great henge or uh or uh you know um ember cleave like it's just it's really good at being able to kill these early creatures in these matchups and also kill their big enchantments or artifacts yeah really like that card in this deck uh my biggest problem is i think that this deck is maybe one card short of a uh like the red matchup the way it's built and the other big bigger issue is this deck is bad against both Sultai and uh uh Demir Rogues unless you dedicate sideboard slots and you only have enough room for one of those matchups. So you have to pick one or the other. And yeah, we can tell which one players, they picked. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's wrong, except for that is the higher of the metagame. But like you already have Elite Spellbinder main. Yeah. And adding a bunch more three drops to your deck and stuff like I just feel like that's just a recipe for failure. And also sometimes a rolling vortex, like I've beaten this deck because I just played through it. I'm like, all right, I'll take 10. Yeah, same. You know, and and so like, I don't really like these cards. I actually think this deck should focus on its um, Demir matchup and, and play Oxes and uh, maybe one more removal spell for that matchup. Like, And we know you, you want decks. one Ox in the main, right? Like the Pelucranos effect. Yeah, that's right. Well, you can't put an ox in the main of this deck because uh, mm. of the Gigantha. So I think this deck is really cool, but unfortunately for me, Elite Spellbinder fails the common test that we've known for years. It dies to Witherbloom Command, so. That is true, <laughs> yeah. But it can make Witherbloom Command cost four mana, so that's big. That's true, that's true, yeah. Dude, it is, it is so crazy, like, how many of the, of the rares in this set 
I'll open while drafting and it's in my colors and I get excited until I realize that it's just like not a playable card. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And Wither Moon Command is one of them. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, rare. My co- oh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> like, like all of the Golgari rares are just like stone unplayable. <laughs> it's like, let me take this on common instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to have you back on the limited train again. I Kel time, you really messed out. Kel time was awesome. Yeah, I'm playing the sweatsuit invitational this weekend, so I've been I've been practicing. That's what I hear. They're like, uh, yep, you want to play this week? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, we got your brother in, so that's that's good enough, I guess. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if we can talk about who our opponents are, but I don't think it matters that much. But I got uh, alias V ROM one. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I got I gotta practice. I can't, you know, like she plays a lot I, of limited. That, You're gonna be in trouble. Oh, I know. Mm. And and so like what of so I I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a little tangent here. Go on it. This is this this I have no nowhere to stand on this this uh, being being something uh, that should bother me. Of course, it shouldn't okay. it being in my position as a pro magic player, but it is a, a point of insecurity of mine. OK, I just hate the narrative that it's like, oh, I'm playing against the pro, so I'm going to lose to them. But like, what if the pro doesn't know what the fuck they're doing like I do usually? <laughs> and so like, I feel like we're on even footing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I oh, haven't yeah. drafted in years. <laughs> oh yeah, I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna clean your clock. I do, too. <laughs> I do too. I did a few drafts uh, stream the other night, and I was so lost. I had Seth helping me, but I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, those events are really fun though. By the way, I- I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, they're great. Right, I say this. With the most sincerity, I hope you win at least 17% of your games in this sweatsheet. Oh, my Brian, just you. I just 17% you. of your games in the sweatsuit of the I really you hope so- you do. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah, Brad, we, do, we need you back next week. So you got to you gotta perform here. Well, it is double elimination. So I, I, I just have to win once and, and I'm golden, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Brad Actually, back on his might- 56K internet? Oh, I just heard a bunch of. Modem sounds coming out of them. So. <laughs> All right, next next up we've got uh Piroki playing Racto Sacrifice from fucking nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, nice. holy cow. I can't believe this deck is is still playable, to be honest. I mean, I just thought Sulta Ultimatum was such a train wreck matchup that it's like, you know, it's like I don't know, a 17% win rate matchup against Sultai that I feel like it's just out of the metagame at this point, but I guess not. I mean, it kind of is. Uh, it's still a bad matchup, and the deck is good against Demir. I think it's fine against Gruul. It's not good against Naya because Naya can just like play all of its card advantage enchantments. Yeah. Um, you know, like this deck is very targeting. I think it's fine against Teamer too. Um Maybe it's good against cycling. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it should be. It seems really polarizing as far as the matchups go. You know, like if you get if you guess right and you play against a bunch of rogues and you dodge Sultai, you're probably gonna have a good day. But it just yeah, it just doesn't seem great for me. And I'm even trying to look at the percentages here, and it's just in the other categories. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about Rakdos. It's just a Rakdos deck. Yeah. Uh, the next deck is another deck that I do have a lot to say because I've been playing with this. It's Teamer Adventures. Uh, Daniel uh, got into the top eight with this deck. Um, <laughs> this looks what? Were you gonna about to say his last name and then dipped right out yeah. of it and said a G word? 
It's, it, it did seem like that. You were about to see, you were like, Daniel, Daniel God, got into this topic. topic. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like I need to be called out for it, but yes, that is exactly okay, what happened. Okay, okay. <laughs> Gotchel? Gotchel. Well, Daniel is an incredibly great player. You know, the Magic Online grinder. Dang it, this is escaping <laughs> me right now, but he's in our Discord chat. We chat with him all the time. Uh, Goldicott? Yeah, yeah, Goldicott. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, this is Gull. He's insane. He's a great magic player. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh and I, I have I have thoroughly enjoyed um playing with this deck. I will say though that I, I do have one qualm. Like I don't think Spikefield Hazard is worth the slot in this deck. Yeah. Um and uh, another another change that I, I think is important is um when when people are playing this deck, I see I see like people playing three to four epiphanies and mm -hmm. One thing I have to say is Epiphany is not the card that you want in this deck unless you're playing a lot of like uh adventure mirrors. It's very good in like against, against Gruul and Naya. Yeah. And but it's not it's not you know, it, but it's only really that impressive if you have already done something really good, which is usually like a great henge. Mm -hmm. And so I like having three and three, or actually most of my builds are three great henge two epiphanies because I board epiphany out a lot. Yeah, because you board it out in the mirror and you think about it against Soltai and Rogues, like not only do they both bring in disputes and other effective counter spells against all runs or maybe some duresses or something, but also both of those decks just kill your creatures a lot. So that snowball effect of taking an extra turn isn't that relevant. So yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't it doesn't seem like that great of a card. No, and and the other thing is I'm uh, so th uh, the one thing I really love about this list is it's playing two red cat melees. One of the things that I think that too many people playing adventures are doing these days mm. is not respecting red enough. And red has been picking up in these matchups. It's playing more, um, you know, it's playing more uh, Torbins. It's playing that new one one lizard that can make Lovestruck beast not yeah, block. Yeah, Hallmonitor. Like, that card's great against yeah. Lovestruck. Yeah, it's 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 picking up in these matchups and mm -hmm. people are are just still trying to hope that like their love start priests and their their bone crusher giants is enough and that's not enough. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean until we start to see, you know, the very kind of obvious change, cards like Hallmon are just gonna run away if we don't see more Witherbloom commands um to keep them in check. You gotta so, stop. Okay, that's bro. it. I'm done. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Um but yeah, so like one of the my the cyborg that I like the most in this, and you'll have you'll see my deck list in this the article on SCG uh this week. Uh but I, I'm a big proponent of the Scorching Dragonfire Cyborg. Like uh in in fact like I, I just think that you know these these companions are actually really good. Obosh and Gigantha in these adventure decks, I think that they're very good in certain matchups. Mm -hmm. But matchups that they're not good against, like Demir or Red, are are the places where you should have a way more focused strategy. So like, um, and there are two matchups where you can like build your sideboards, uh, and they, they overlap. So like, mm -hmm. I play three Scorching Dragonfires and two Red Cat Melees and three Oxes in my sideboard. Do you still you know, have the companion, or do you? Well, you take that. You yeah, I still play the companion. Well, the companion is very good in the mirror match. It's like okay. very good. So then you just don't uh, present a companion when you bring in the Dragonfires. Yeah, okay. that and, seems and, reasonable. And the, the same is said with uh, with Naya when I play against Rogues. I just don't present a companion and I have Ox. Mm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And. I, I just I think that you almost have to do that, and because uh, these are just like the the way that this format plays is you're 
like this deck, for example, its main deck is almost it it runs it back against like Soul Tie, right? You yeah. play you bring in like a few cards. You bring in like three cards, four cards, but that's about it. Probably Clothis and Disputes. That's probably yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But, but and and against the other adventure decks, you might bring in a few removal spells. But like matchups like Demir uh, for this deck are just ones that you, and Red are ones where you want to make giant switches in your deck. Like mm -hmm. your all runs epiphanies and your counter spells are just not good cards. And yeah. you want to have enough cards to bring in that are high enough impact because these decks, mono red. Plays against a lot of venture decks. They have a very focused, powerful plan against them. Yeah, you have to. And so, so you can't rely on those cards to beat them. Like you can't rely on a love struck to beat red anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to do way more sophisticated things. So that's just my spill on on these adventure decks. Yeah, um, and I think uh, I think Teamer is great. You know, I mean, I play pretty much only soul tie still my favorite deck i think it can be adjusted to be effective against any deck you know and i think we're in a standard where you kind of see this kind of play in modern where people kind of specialize in a deck just make changes according to the metagame we haven't been able to really do that in standard for a while there's been very clear best decks but i feel like right now you can kind of just play the same deck and keep adjusting. Maybe some matchups are a little bit bad for your deck. And I think this is one of them though. This is what I do not want to play against when I'm playing Sultai. I just think the amount of pressure, Goldspan Dragon with the disruption in the back end, like I don't love playing against it. What do you think, bro? Yeah, no, I think this is a very close matchup. Yeah. It was very bad for a while, but I think Sultai adjusted. Mm -hmm. um, like when, when Sultai was designed to beat the mono, uh, mono colored aggressive decks, this matchup was really bad. Yeah. Like right when Knife Fury was around and Team Rose just starting to become a thing. Mm. But but now that the metagame, I like to consider the metagame way more sophisticated now. We're like, you know, cycling and all these different adventure decks, Soul Tie. Like it's not just all the monocolored beatdown decks that are the most popular. Um, yeah. The, the Soul Tie decks have, have had to level up. And because of that, they just have better plans so um, this is maybe a little off topic and i'm sure we'll talk about it when we look at the other sultai deck but i just want to pick your brain then when it comes to sultai is there any big changes from like the last league weekend where um you know you guys played sultai is that what what's the big things that's changed now what card well, do you last want league weekend we played demir rogues yeah but sorry the the weekend before um, you guys played Soul Tide, or just the, honestly, the, the just with just with Strixhaven. I could phrase this uh, question better, but since Strixhaven has come out, what cards do you like that you don't like? Like Azika's Chariot, Elspeth's can, Nightmare, that kind of shit. I can actually answer this one. I think the big new uh, innovation is is Wither Bloom Command. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that that it seems like it's completely reshaped everything. Instead, has, you were just playing yeah. eighty card decks. Now you had two of them, and now you're playing eighty two. So I mean. That's just different. Well, I I I like the uh, the Quadrilink's Apprentice or whatever it's called, uh, Cultivator. Oh yeah, yeah the three four Total power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I I do not like Professor Onks. Yeah, me neither. I I just think that it is super underpowered for for a six mana card in a deck like this. I don't know why people keep playing it. Um, I feel like you have to keep playing it. I feel like you have to play Vorinclex with it, so it's that combo. But then like. You know, that plus Valky, that already served that role. And I think Vorinclex is also a trap. So, yeah, I think get both those cards out of my Sultai deck. Yeah, I don't have either. Yeah. I think uh, I think Professor Onyx is a very powerful card. Mm -hmm. 
but this would not be the shelf for it. Yeah. You want it, yeah, you want it to be your curved topper, not not something in like that's you would consider a when you draw it a mid game thing or tutoring for it. Like when do you want it when you tutor for it? I think it's totally reasonable the if mirror? there was not another really effective big planeswalker that suited that role, but Velky's just a better card. Uh, as far as a big planeswalker goes. So like getting Professor Onyx, Valky, and Allruns Epiphany, I guess is decent because you have either two planeswalkers or you're taking another turn. But I don't know. I think I'd, you know, the just only, rather have something else. Kiravesa Seagulls or something. The only reason I could see it being any good is in the mirror game one, because in the mirror game one, you can't really ever like kill your opponent. You just need a ton of card advantage and it's just another target that does that. Mm. But even then I might just, if I care about that, I might just play a third Seagate Restoration for the mirror. Yeah. Um. Uh. And we used to do that. And where you just like, because pretty much how you win the mirror is you just are the one that just draws all of your cards. Mm -hmm. And so that like, you know, they can't stick anything because you have drawn all of your, your, you know, um, you know, your, your four mana vindicates, you know, and, and Binding. kill your bindings. And you can like present a threat play a time walk, present a threat, play a time walk, kill them. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of like, you know, how the game game ones go. Or usually some, you know, your opponent might just run out of shit and they're top decking and and you just pound them because you draw way, way, way more than them. They can't get an answer for your best of sea god, shit like that. Yeah, the way but I've so, been winning game ones, I feel, is just everybody else keeps Vorinclex and thinks it's a card they always should go for in the in the Sultai Mirror matches, and then I'm just like, okay, they, I'll allow you to have Vorinclex, and then I heartless act it before, well, yeah. you know? I like I just don't understand why that card is like a sought-after target in the mirror, or honestly at all. It's like decent against... No, I, I, I completely yeah. agree with I, I completely agree with you that, mm -hmm. that Vorinclex shouldn't be in the deck, and that's like that when they make a mistake. But when two players yeah. are playing optimally, I can see Professor being a worthy card to have in your deck just because it gives you another out as something you can do that's powerful. Yeah. Uh, and gain card advantage. But yeah, I, I think that I, I don't personally want to play with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I won't just because I care about all the other matchups way more. I think if there was a blue black control or mid range deck in this format, uh, that card would be great at the top end of it. Yeah. Um, just like the Magecraft ability is is like very very powerful in that card. It's just yes. yeah. this deck doesn't take advantage of that at all. So like whenever you're really not taking advantage of one of the things that makes the card really good. So. I still have my eye on that card and Plum the Forbidden uh, come rotation <laughs> and the and Sedgemore Witch and stuff. When Bone Crusher Giant isn't taking out that card, I think that card will be good. But now it's unplayable until Bone Crusher Dude. goes out. Dear God, dude, we we have to rebrand you. <laughs> Seriously, like brewing with Corey. Corey's brews, brews the bombs. I don't know, like that is content that is gonna get clicks. I do enjoy brews. We're talking about beers, right? Both drink and play magic. Right. Like, they, like there's like we have to get you into that untapped casual market. We just have to. You mm. like you talk about all of this nonsense, and I say nonsense not badly. Like. You know, like this, I'm a competitive player talking about competitive things. That's what I enjoy. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to, like, I'm not excited to play with Plume in this card, but you are. So you should, like, lean into that shit. You really should. Well, let your hair down. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm starting to ease in with, you know, Witherbloom Command. That's like the good card right now. That's kind of <laughs> yes. dipping my toes in. And then I'll, I'll All get right. a little more Dejan after I'm that. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I had a week, I had a, I had a week off, and now my threshold. 
It's just it's not there anymore. Okay. So we're 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 ca we're casting crew in this shit. Okay, sounds great. We're, we're, yeah, we're we're fucking we're done. <laughs> don't uh, don't let your hair down, Corey. Cut your hair off. Just cut it That's off. That's the better way. Okay, yes. okay, we'll do. Yeah, we we'll get Christopher Larson in town. I believe our first person is actually good at cutting your hair off, Brian. Mm. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, so that is true. The, is, are we into the cast and crew portion of this podcast? Brad, I, th I think it's Brad, time. How do I we get into the cast and crew, though? All right, so we have a Patreon, everyone. Uh, it is at Patreon.com/slash/BashfulsPodcast. Now I am going to be updating and editing it because we're going to have a few changes here in the near future. Mm -hmm. Um, just just so you all are forewarned, we haven't decided exactly everything that's happening, but yeah. we will be having a few changes, but. Things that won't change is at our $20 tier, the cast and crew. Mm -hmm. Now, if you support us for $20 a month, you can work for us. That's how it works. Yes. The, yay capitalism. Mm -hmm. And at the end of each episode, we praise all of those people that do paid labor for us. And, and as in paid, I mean, they pay us. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest changes that we're doing is a nice rebranding thing instead of the Bash Bros pad podcast. It's the Bash Unrelated Brothers podcast. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, because because yes, that is that is a another announcement. I guess I should. Uh, I guess we should just say it, right? Yeah, we're hoping to have yeah, you as should. a special I'm, guest I'm, again, Brad. But I'm 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 quitting the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll yeah. we'll we'll have somebody sliding into your DMs to see about being a special guest next week, though. I guess Brad's uh, penchant for this show really withered over time. Oh, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Joshua Miller, BBD's male pattern baldness support group leader, Pedo Gatista, 5G distributor, Saruta. <laughs> Next up, we got a Saruti, and that is our business analyst. Whenever we have some business to be analyzed, we got a Saruti here for it. That's true. And we got Inside Esports. That is our esports event organizer on MTG Melee. And wow, you're just gonna you're just gonna brush over Bino like that, Brad. That is rude. Yeah, I mean he's doing a lot of great work for us, getting our five G up and running, and you just you did him dirty. You did him real dirty. I mean, he, gave, he gave me some of those G's today. Oh, yeah, I got you know that first shot. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're not quite up to five G, man. That's the second one. Yeah, you're at like 4.6 G. Yeah. 4.6 already? Oof. Mm. I'm 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 excited. All right. Next up we got Ian Pasilla, who is BBT's leading resident pastafarian. Mm, um yeah. I don't know the last time I've had pasta. Yeah, I've been eating. A couple healthy. Weeks ago, we we ordered Italian. Yeah. Didn't we wasn't there a week where we ordered Italian directly after recording a Bash Bros podcast? <laughs> I don't know if that was a thing. I think so. Might have. Yeah. It feels like it probably was. All right, we got Wapa. <laughs> that is Brad's personal barista and dog walker, and that's it. That's that's what he. That's uh, no, what he I know. I believe he doesn't do something else though. Yeah, I mean, he probably doesn't do a lot of things. You know, <laughs> he probably doesn't install five G. No, nope. he probably doesn't. Wapa does it all except one okay. task, actually. Okay. Interesting. Next up. Yeah, he does not cast Witherbloom commands. So anyways, next up, we got... Uh, oh, sorry, Brad, that's you. Next up, we've got Adham, yeah. who is uh, our ghost writer. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. That was scary. Next up, we got David Watt. And you know what? David Watt had some pretty clear 
uh, messages from last week being the special guest yeah, screener. Did, you did a such, David Watt, you're, you did such a fucking bad job this week. Yeah, David Watt uh, didn't, really, <laughs> like, uh, didn't really get like, it going this time. Like, I didn't know the bar could get lower, but oh, just let David Watt get in there. <laughs> we actually had a strict, we had a strict, you know, limit on how low the bar could get, and we managed to go below it. So, oh, yeah, it's impressive. It's it's actually <laughs> impressive. I, I didn't know, I didn't know we could just. Oh, it's so bad. But David, you can keep you can keep you can keep your job just for now. Yeah. All right, we got we got Max, and that is Corey's linguistic coach. I don't know the last and time I had Linguini. I, I need a linguistic coach after this episode. <laughs> yeah. I think we all need some linguini noodles after this episode. All right, next next up we got Paul Ka. Oh come on, guys! Corey, that was supposed to be you. I I already drank my whole Coke Zero. I was so thirsty. All right, Paul Kasarowski, who is BBD's wall staring photographer. Yeah. Um, been on a little hiatus lately, but I think it's because we still have never sent Paul the uh, pictures that they wanted. Mm, that could that could be. Were they, were they pictures of Spider Man? Because that's what I've. Heard that he's no, nope, they're in. just pictures of you staring at walls. Gotcha. Yeah, and it would have been great if we made some of them when you had your skull up. <laughs> yeah, in due time, oh, there'll be, be another one. Yeah, I'll, I'll be growing that back out again. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, you're only bound to have a girlfriend for so long, and then the skull can come back, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works. I think but... any girlfriend is going to be like, no, I don't think you should have a skullet. So that's just my guess. I have not met. I have not met any people, but that that was her opinion. Was not a fan of skullet. All right, <gasps> shock. We got a... <laughs> shock. Next up, we got Phil, and oh, Phil has just been crushing it day in and day out. Honestly, Brad, Phil did a lot of great work while you were gone last week, and you know we can't thank Phil enough. So just keep it up, Phil. Yeah, you're doing great, Phil. Mm-hmm. We love you, Phil. Mm. Someone who actually does their job is JP, and that is Mangu's timestamp finder. This is the role that figures out when we actually begin to talk about magic. Yeah. In other words, the period of time when Mangucci cares about the podcast and finds that timestamp for them. Exactly. And to (laughs) clarify, Mangucci only cares about the non-magic stuff. So, yeah, that's what the finder is for. Oh, it's me. Sultan Abbasi is up next, who is our designated mana dork. And I think I think we know I think we know who our mana dork is this week, right? We all we're all we're all on the same page Wither, here, right? Wither Bloom <laughs> Command. Oh yeah. yeah. Checks out to me. Checks out to me. Next up we got Eric Nall. Eric Nall is the BBP trash man. And honestly, with all the shit that comes out of our mouth, you know, there's that an equal amount of trash that comes out of our Oh, I don't. I don't refer to it as shit anymore. Oh yeah, I I call it Tucker Carlson's. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. None of the shit we say is that stupid. So take that back, Bradley. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Gare Meldy, and that is our merch store manager. How is our merch store doing? Oh, it's it's not going well. It Please, has someone. to be doing good by now. <laughs> no. Mm. No. No. You would think. That people would buy the merch. Honestly, I think our next shirt idea, we should do some you know kind of fine. crossover it's... with Witherbloom Command and some joke we make. I think then it would be oh, gangbusters. We are we are done with that. But okay. we are, we do have another product coming out here soon. I'm not and this is this is real. Ooh. Um uh you know, Steve at Legion uh at, at MGG Pro Shop, um, we we are acquiring a ton of 
sleeves here soon of of the Bachelors podcast Mario logo. Oh, sick. so we're gonna be sell we're gonna be selling. I mean, we're gonna be selling those sleeves. So. Um, and just in time for, you know, when live tournaments start up again. So that's going to be our big marketing push. Um, also, also, I mean, we can just buy them in bulk too, Corey. So we can just have them for ourselves. We can yeah, like shatter some of our merchandise records and, and sell like Two? three yeah. or four packs Holy of sleeves. Shit. <laughs> Brian, don't set the bar too high. Then, uh, <laughs> then we might be disappointed. So fair, yeah. fair. But yeah, you can go to mtgproshop.com slash bashros.com bash hyphen bros hyphen merch and find all of our products uh there's quite a few in there they're all there's great some cool shit they're all they insane are. they're all home runs all home runs and we didn't even have to swing <laughs> <laughs> next up we got patrick who is our office party coordinator and oh my god i can't wait for uh roanoke office party once i get back to town yeah we're gonna party like it's 2016 let's Dude, go we, we used to party in that city like fucking 10 years ago now thinking back like i a decade ago is when i moved there yeah and so i'm moving back a decade later and oh my god the parties in todd's backyard are going to be so much more tame than they used to be yeah but here's the thing there's going to be way more people that own homes by then too so it won't be the only spot to go to like it was 12 years ago Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. You know what else is nice? And uh, it is nice that Filippos Galanis has not been working lately because that is Brad's soundboard operator. And let me tell you, I hate that soundboard and there's no joke there. Why do you hate it? Why do you hate it? <laughs> why do you hate it? Corey, why do you hate it? I don't know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> I'm not falling for it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just I'm just hitting <laughs> buttons. I have no idea what, what it sounds like. You did great. It sounds like we're in a gymnasium. And nice. Yeah. So it sounds like your normal mic settings, to be honest. Yeah, that was actually just that, that was an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Laura. That is our CEO. Uh, really higher up in the old Bash Bros hierarchy. Uh, a position that you would think would be great, but I think is unenviable mm. in yeah yeah seems rough well now now that bezos is stepping down is laura taking that job mm. i think he's committed to the bbp oh, yeah that's good Laura good, is too good. addicted to the money and the lifestyle that we the BBP are thriving yeah. let yeah. me tell you yeah. i mean why would you why would you downgrade yourself to amazon yeah so. yeah all right next up we got victor who is my 16 Point six six <laughs> trophy holder. You forgot percentage in there, Bradley. Oh, when we're that low, we don't use percentages. Oh, we use yeah. numbers like two wins. Fair. <laughs> yeah, that's... Fair enough. Also, next up, Dr. Unks, when he's that low, he doesn't use percentages either. He uses other tools on Brian. Ugh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the doctors in town, but really special specializes with Brian Braun doing. So, yeah. You didn't even say what his job was. Oh, resident proctologist. But yeah, it's hey, really, Brian. yeah, really anything. Hey, Brian, do you, do you know what my favorite uh, line from the first episode, uh, the pilot of It's Always Sunny is? Uh, no, I don't. How's that ass feel? <laughs> was that from the pilot episode? Yes. Okay. I don't remember no, that either, okay. but it's a valid question coming from Dr. Unt. I do remember that episode, <laughs> and bad is my answer. So. 
Well, that does it for our episode, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking through all of this if you're still here. And thank you so much for supporting the Bachelors Podcast as uh, our patrons. We love you all dearly. Uh, to the day that this comes out, actually, yeah, Thursday night this week, we're going to be playing Among Us in the lobby. Corey won't be here because he'll be on vacation, and Brian won't be mm. here because he doesn't play. Mm. But Sleepy Shark and I, Kate, a friend of mine, are going to be running the lobby. We're going to be doing modded. We're going to be having a whole lot of fun for like three to four hours. So if you want to stop by and play, uh, just get into our Patreon and come hang out with us. Yeah, you better practice up because when I get back, I'm coming for y'all. I'm going to I'm going to kick some butt. I'm going to murder all Corey, of you. You wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even know what the fuck was going to happen in this mod because we're going to play Todd of Us mod yeah. where it's like there's like 40 roles, but only percentage chance to get them. So every game, you don't even know what roles are in the games. It, is it usually a 17% chance that you get it or... <laughs> dude, dude. <what's> the... <laughs> dude. <laughs> love you brad we missed you welcome home we'll, s- we'll see y'all next Goodbye. week Clear bloom command <laughs> my god <laughs>